0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Climb Chronicles. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Pasha and I've built this platform as a way to share backstories and knowledge to some of the most innovative startup companies that I've come across. Today, we're joined by Afzal Hussain, who's also known as the CV Doctor, and he's going to be telling us more about how he transitioned his career in finance with Goldman Sachs into building his own peer-to-peer mentoring app, Simply. Hey so F it's lovely to have you on the show. I think since the last time that we spoke you've just hit fifty subscribers and you've just recorded your series for industry. So yeah, please congratulations for that.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh yeah, it's it's been it's been an interesting few weeks, um, but all good nonetheless, so can't complain.
0: How have you been finding lockdown? Are you glad that things are coming back to normal now or are you ready to get back into it?
1: I have missed the gym, um, so yeah, lockdowns, it, I'm all right in lockdown, but I missed the gym, that's pretty much it, yeah. um, and obviously going out, going to see family and friends and that, but but yeah, everything's back to normal now, so it's good.
0: So how did you actually manage to stay sane over the past couple of weeks? I mean, I'm hoping that we don't get another one, but just in case, do you have any tips or tricks for everybody listening? Yeah, um, I don't
1: know, You just don't, just don't like... Don't work all day. Just take a break when you need to. It's hard to separate work and life when working from home. Um, so I don't know, enjoy more Netflix, watch more movies, chill out at home.
0: It's good to hear that everything's going well and now let's let's kick off the podcast, shall we? Why don't you tell us a bit more about yourself and how your passion for finance began and how you really started your career journey?
1: A bit of background to myself. Um grew up in a council estate in central London. Um, and then my main focus when I got to uni was to just secure as many uh, internships and experience as I can Because I wanted to break into the world of banking and finance and to do that from an average uni So I went to Queen Mary to do that You needed to get as much work experience if you didn't go to a top-tier uni, right? So I did that managed to secure my full-time offer at Goldman Sachs did that for a few years and then decided to leave to start my own business start entrepreneurship full-time I realised, you know what, I'm in my mid-twenties, now's the time to take that career risk, Um, did some career consulting for a while and then most recently uh, started a company, a tech company called Simply, which is basically a marketplace for career advice. It's an app and it's where we connect mentees, so those applying for jobs, we connect them with people who have already secured jobs um, in order to kind of pick their brains and get help and advice. On the side, I started a YouTube channel that recently hit 50k subscribers, which is always great to see. Um, But yeah, so I kind of wanted to get into banking and finance, and then I moved more over to entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and building my personal brand.
0: That's absolutely amazing to hear, and it really sounds like you kept yourself busy over the past couple of years and you know it sounds like you've really been a self-starter from early growing up did you find that you had enough resources say at A-levels to break into the world of finance I'm very well aware of the fact that I think if you want a career in finance you really have to start early for example you have to apply for spring weeks that kind of thing
1: mm, so during GCSEs A-levels no not really there wasn't much guidance you had to kind of figure it out yourself Um, there were like charities like uh, the brokerage and SEO, which focus on helping uh, ethnic minorities and underprivileged kids kind of break into elite industries. But most of it was kind of explore the internet, do your own research, find out for yourself, and then get into uni and kind of just apply to spring weeks. You get rejections, you get rejections from internships, but it's learning as you go along. But obviously, as time goes on, you get better at applications, your CV, cover letter, all of that gets better. Um, so yeah, there wasn't like as much guidance as I would have liked, but you know, it comes from taking the initiative and being proactive and figuring it out, you, out yourself to a certain extent.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I think a lot of people don't realise that it is a numbers game and it's not like investment banking there is a one size fits all I mean there are different divisions and your success rate in you know becoming successful when you're applying to these divisions is how much experience that you know it's not like you just broke into any bank in the world it was one of the most prestigious which was Goldman Sachs and it would be really interesting to learn more about your specific experience breaking into that and how you actually found it all
1: yeah it was one of those ones where it was like I'm going to apply don't expect to get in to see what happens Um, but fortunately you know they came back they must have liked my cover letter and tv and they gave me an interview and it was it's funny because it was that interview or the interviews with goldmans were the ones where i went in not caring so much i wasn't really nervous i didn't really (laughs) because i was expecting to get rejected i thought you know what let me go there be myself see what happens um and then the key i learned is to go there be yourself and see what happens there's no point getting nervous there's no point you know it's just an interview it's not the end of the world if you don't get it um so it was interesting it was good working there. was great you get a lot of motivated ambitious hard-working people it's obviously you know a very prestigious bank so you it it, it, you have to like only reason i got in was because i knew my stuff For the division that i was applying to so it's not like it was just lucky i was well prepared so i knew about the division i was applying to Mm. i made sure i did my research on the bank i prepared for my interviews um but then the rest of it is kind of out of your control and if you can't really you know there's no point dwelling on things that are out of your control so i focused on the things that i did have in my control
0: that's really insightful, and I think it really just highlights the importance of knowing your niche and where your interest line, really going prepared to those interviews, and really, like, you know, not expecting the, the best outcome or even the worst, but just really rolling with the punches is the best way to do it. Did you find that you struggled with imposter syndrome at all? I mean, like we mentioned, it is Goldman, and being the first role out of uni as well and say being an ethnic minority it's not like you see a lot of familiar faces out there on the training floor uh did you feel nervous at all and um, what kind of advice can you give to young graduates who are looking to overcome this
1: yeah i felt a lot of imposter syndrome at times sometimes i was like you know what i'm here i earned my place i don't you know care um about imposter syndrome but naturally you feel it quite a bit here and there uh especially like when you there's two parts of the bank you've got the back office and the front office the front office is more client facing it's tougher to get into and this is the part of the bank where you're probably more likely to feel imposter syndrome because most of the people in the front office come from middle class backgrounds private school educated all of that and all of that was foreign to me right so i was in the front office felt imposter syndrome here and there but sometimes like when you do work and you're really good at it or when you you know get a client deliverable ahead of time and the client's happy with it 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 makes you feel good and it's like all right you're meant to be here there's nothing to feel there's no reason to feel like an imposter Mm. um so it ebbs and flows it comes and goes um but it's something that's common if a lot of people out there are feeling it you know they shouldn't think they're alone a lot of people feel imposter syndrome um but yeah, just know that if you're there, if you're in that role, you've deserved it and you've worked hard to get there. So you shouldn't you know, feel bad about feeling imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where you have to continuously push yourself outside of your comfort zone because the more milestones that you achieve, the more confident that you actually feel. And then the chip on your shoulder kind of dissolves over time. You seem to have really found your footing when you started with Goldman. And I think at that time, you actually started with the CV Doctor as well and I believe that's how I first came across you because you did a talk at the University of Nottingham and it was absolutely inspiring to hear, especially your story, coming from someone who has no background in finance to, you know, landing that graduate role.
1: Yeah, so initially CV Doctor, it was just like a side hustle. I was at Goldman's and I thought, let me try this out. Um, There's hundreds of thousands of students that apply to internships and all of that and only a handful break in. So and I realized because at Goldman's, you interview interns and all of that, you see their CVs and cover letters. So I thought, you know what, most of these students, they ain't got a clue how to create a strong CV or cover letter. Let me just create a consulting business on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, and it started gaining traction. Um, so the idea came from, you know, a problem that I saw, decided to create a solution to it. Um, and it was just working. So that was great.
0: So whilst you were actually starting CV so you were over there working Goldman at the same time. I'm really curious to know: did you come across any blockers whilst working at the bank? Are you any conflicts of interest? Because I can imagine, say, there would be a lot of red tape. Um, For example, were you able to openly post on LinkedIn?
1: One thing that's always important to know: if you're working in banking, finance, or within any big corporation, there's a lot of rules and uh regulations let's say around what as an employee you're allowed to do because they need to manage their reputation so if you do something as part of a business or something on the side and it causes a stir in link on linkedin or in the press then Mm. the press is going to grill the organization and it's going to make them look bad so it hurts their reputation so with cv doctor it got to a point where the firm were like we're not comfortable with you doing it because we don't want you to have a conflict of interest with future applicants. Um, and then the public speaking, so speaking at universities, it wasn't encouraged because they said they had a human resources team who go and do campus recruitment and all of that, um, which made sense to a certain extent. But it was one of those things where it's like, uh, I kind of disagree. But so long as you're an employee at the at the firm, you have to kind of listen to what they what they say. But yeah, it can be be quite tricky. So a lot of entrepreneurial mindset people um, can face that barrier unless, you know, their firm is quite lenient.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that. But I think one thing that firms need to realise is that it's one thing, say, hearing it from an employee who's been at the bank for years and years versus someone who's just fresh out onto the graduate scheme from uni and is a lot more approachable than say a senior and that just makes all the difference I think into making that world of banking more accessible and hopefully the world is becoming more open and can have a more transparent system with less bureaucracy and i think your platform is one of the first ones to say pave that way so yeah just to go back to you know the fact that you were juggling both the cv doctor and your graduate role with goldman at the same time it would be really interesting to know exactly how you did that because i can't imagine the hours being any less than say the stereotypical ib hours and what was the difference in say for example finding time versus making time and any advice on to, um, how to actually do that for people who want to juggle both their entrepreneurial ventures would say their full-time position?
1: Honestly, it wasn't that bad. I, it was all right. And the reason for that is because I saw uh, working on cv.com, so it was like a hobby. It was something fun to do. Like I would go to work. It didn't require me to work on it like constantly throughout the day. So I would go do my work at GS, then go home and work on building the website go home and fulfill orders or whatever it is so I saw it as a hobby on the side Um, and you know I think most people that are interested in business see that they get into things because they enjoy it obviously as things grow it requires more and more time and so that's why eventually at some point in the future I decided to stop at Goldman and pursue entrepreneurship and public speaking full-time but at the beginning it was okay and I advise like people who are thinking of doing entrepreneurship full-time or quitting their job, I would say try and start it off whilst you've got, you know, a steady income coming through from a salary. Um, Like try it on the side, see if it works, try and build it. Because that's, you know, you want to have a safety net, have insurance, right? And so do that. And then only when you know there's a chance for it to kind of pop off or grow, then you can think about leaving your full-time world.
0: And I think that's pretty much what you did with Skillshare, building up multiple streams of income at the same time. And over time, as they grew, at one point you were kind of able to make that decision and basically pinpoint that focus on your app, which is simply full-time as you kind of built that capital up beforehand. So you can, you know, put your full-time role at Goldman and it's not as much of a hit, for example, if you didn't have that capital saved. But yeah, it'd be interesting to hear if all of that came easy to you, for example, say, public speaking, content creation, or is it something that you had to work on over time?
1: 100% is something <laughs> that you've worked on over time. Um, like, I learned over, like, at first my first few videos on YouTube, which ain't up there now, they're like hidden or archived. It's, <laughs> it's awkward, like, you don't know how to speak to a camera, but my advice to everyone, and the trick I use is, when I look at a camera, I just speak to it like I'm speaking to a friend um, yeah. and it just works. Uh, public speaking, so speaking in front of hundreds of people, that developed my public speaking skills, my confidence and all of that. But the like most important factor with anything is if you know your stuff, you're naturally going to be better at presenting it, talking about it. Um, so knowing your stuff helps. Now, all of the Skillshare, CV, Doctor, YouTube, all of that, it doesn't come like that. It takes a lot of time takes a lot of consistency and hard work, um, but I don't know, naturally like I feel like I'm in my element, I feel like I am comfortable doing these type of things than going, putting on a suit and sitting at a desk at Goldman's uh, doing FaceTime.
0: Yeah I think it definitely does depend on where your innate interest lies and where your calling is as well as I think that's what drives people, that's actually what drove you to build Simply, which is the PIDs of mentor and actually gonna go into more now. So how long ago did that actually launch?
1: Yeah, so that launched about a month, a month and a half ago. Um, It's in beta, so it's very, it's still, it's not uh, finalized. We're still working on the final version of the app and the full concept. But what we've seen so far, so we released the beta app, we've got over a thousand mentees on it, we've got over a hundred mentors, and we're seeing what works, what doesn't work. Um, So ideally in the new year, it will be the full version. Um, But that came from another problem that I saw is a lot of students reach out to people on LinkedIn, like students reach out to professionals on LinkedIn. um, They might message 50 people, get a response from two. And professionals in the industry, they don't want to speak to students who aren't going to, going to value their time. And so I thought, you know what, why don't I create an app that is like private tutoring, but for the world of work and careers. And so that's what Simply is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's, it's been good so far. Um, and I, once again, enjoy working on building it, enjoy working on designing it, um, and enjoy the idea of the impact that it can have, um, not just in the UK, but all over the world.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for that vision to come to life because it saves you a lot of time for you don't have to be the senior doctor anymore going from uni to uni and making those multiple trips because you've got a whole team behind you. Um, and I think Simply is definitely going to help people from both sides of the table as it can benefit, say, for example, young graduates wanting to break into finance as well as, say, people who are have a lot of experience and who have reached that point in their careers where they really want to give back. So it would be interesting to know if you actually have a technical background or, or did you have a team which helps? Did you code it yourself? Did you have any co-founders?
1: Mm, so I am not a technical founder. Um, I've never done that computer science, engineering, none of that. So and there's
0: so hope I, for the rest of us. <laughs> again? So there's hope for the rest of us, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So... Um, The idea actually came to me when I was at Goldman's, so a good few years ago. But because I didn't know how to build an app or didn't know anyone that could, I couldn't really work on the idea. Um, And then earlier, middle of this year, midway through like COVID, once it started, um, one of my good friends told me he might know someone who runs a software development company. And then we just put our heads together and kind of split up a bit of the equity accordingly. Um, based on how much time people are going to spend on it and then we kind of started building it so Yeah, but there's a lot of non um No code platforms out there So you can build a solid website or a web app or a mobile app without knowing a line of code and there's platforms like bubble.io uh, Webflow and so many others that you can use to start creating ideas that come to your head that you think you might need a technical founder for but and that's only going to keep growing and growing which is always good for
0: non-technical founders for sure and I think that's a huge skill being a founder where you know you have to delegate and learning when to delegate and when to learn and build up your skill set in yourself Uh, I think that is one of the essential you know, skills of becoming a successful entrepreneur. And for those of you who are interested, I'll link those self-teaching platforms in the description bar below so you can check that out. Now you actually mentioned issuing equity. So when people are deciding whether they want to go for a funding round or bootstrap, equity is a huge factor in their decision-making process. So how does that all actually work? Do their returns come up front or is it say a staggered release?
1: So this is a very important point. Um, when you are, let's say you're starting a business and you want a business partner or another founder to help you, and you're both going to commit fifty percent, fifty like full time. You're splitting the equity fifty-fifty. So you own fifty percent of the company, they own fifty percent of the company. But what's important to do, and a lot of founders make this mistake in the first, like in the early years, is they don't create a vesting period. So what that means is so typically founder vesting periods are four years, so what that means is you and your co founder don't get all of that fifty percent equity until four years have been completed that way, it kind of incentivizes you to commit to the business so after one year, you unlock a quarter of that fifty five percent years you unlock another quarter, so you've unlocked twenty five percent after two years only after four years, you unlock all the fifty percent and the reason for that is. Because imagine you gave 50% of your business to someone else, they did two weeks and they left, you just lost 50% of your business, um, just like that. So the vesting period of four years holds them, it kind of, kind of chains them into the business. If they want to leave before four years, they can, but it means they don't get all of the equity, so you would get it back.
0: Yeah, and I think that acts as a solid anchor for example and it's a fantastic way to keep people motivated you're not laying all of your eggs in one basket and it's a great way to diversify I think and manage risk and expectations.
1: Oftentimes um, obviously when you're starting a business you can't uh, you don't have enough money to pay people a salary right so it's important to try and find people that kind of believe in the idea and then give them some equity because ideally, in 5-10 years, you want to be able to sell the business to a bigger company and get paid for it, um, and by then, hopefully, it will be worth millions of pounds and they will get their equity share. But obviously, the aim is you give out equity and a few years down the line, everyone will be getting a salary because there will be enough money going through the business. But when you're starting out and there's no money in the business, um, it's always good to give equity to any employees who are jumping on board and taking risk with you.
0: Exactly. That really does act as a motivator for people to keep producing their highest output. So when it comes to simply say in five years time, do you actually see it being exactly the same or are you looking to pivot into other industries and fields?
1: Uh, Two options. So first option is it works. uh, It fills a gap in the market, finds a good product market fit and it blows up and it's great so then we would stay with the idea of simply second option is if we spend time on it and it just doesn't work the market doesn't like it there's no need for it there's no demand for it then we would have to pivot uh, pivot to what I'm not entirely sure there's a few ideas that I'm thinking of if it needs to come to that but most like entrepreneurs and founders will tell you like the first idea they had it didn't work and they pivoted to something else. And that was the big idea. The thing I've learned is the more you work on something, all these other angles start coming in and your mind starts going on different things. So some people think, oh, in order to start, you need to have it all figured out. But that's the furthest thing from the truth. The key is just start, just focus on the next step. And then all these other opportunities start popping up. Um, so the key is just doing work, just starting. And then if we need to pivot, we'll pivot.
0: Yeah, for sure. I can actually remember reading somewhere that someone likened that to running a marathon. So it's not necessarily someone wakes up one day and thinks I'm going to run 23 miles. You kind of have to get to the first mile first, pace yourself, and um, you know take it each day as it comes. And when you reach a milestone, that's when you reevaluate for the next steps. But yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see where Simply goes to. So I think we're gonna round up our questions now with one final question. Um, it's not really related to anything that we've spoken about, but just randomly. If you were hosting a dinner party and you could have any three people, dead or alive, who would you choose and why? Oh my They don't God. have to match. They can be completely random. Yeah,
1: dead or alive, and three people. Yeah. Oh man, I hate these questions because I know <laughs> after I answer it, I'm going to be like, nah, I could have said a better answer. But, um,
0: three people dead or alive. Um, uh, um,
1: oh, hey, okay. one would be the prophet, peace be upon him. That goes without saying. You know, um, it, it's just, it's just like, you know, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but yeah, that's, of course there's so much to learn from there. From that, Um, to probably someone alive, maybe Cristiano Ronaldo, because I really, his mindset, the way he applies himself to his sport, uh, his work ethic, all of that is very, very impressive. Um, I'm a big fan of his work rate um, and how he's able to keep at the top level for so long. Uh and then third person. I'm not gonna say anything like Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett. I was that's...
0: expecting you to lead with that, so
1: no, no. Um
0: <laughs> Um third person. third person. This is tough
1: man, oh my god.
0: It is really uh, tough. No plus ones allowed.
1: Ah, uh, um third <laughs> person. Um I'll invite my mum along, my mum.
0: She can meet everyone at the table too.
1: Exactly, exactly. No, I, I don't know. It's a tricky question. I'm going to have to think about it. Um, and I'm sure if I if I change my answer, I'll let you know. Uh, but it, it's made me think. So, yeah, good, good question. Oh sure.
0: There's a really interesting selection over there. I think I would find it really hard to pick between those two. Um, but yeah, I think that finally concludes our episode. And once again, it was absolutely lovely having you on the show. I certainly learned a lot and hopefully our viewers did also. And yeah, again, congratulations on the 50K subscribers and hopefully next time that we speak, you'll be up to 100K. Where can people find you if they're interested to learn more about yourself and Simply?
1: um everything on literally my personal website so afsalhussain.com everything is on there
0: fantastic well once again it's been absolutely amazing to have you on the show ourselves looking forward to seeing where simply goes in the future
1: amazing thank you so much